All right, friends, we are going to hear from God's Word now. If you'd like to open your Bibles to Psalm 46. Psalm 46, for the director of music of the Torah, according to Alamot, a song. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with, fear, with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks, he breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Let's pray. Father God, as we come to your word, we ask that your spirit will be at work in us as we hear it, that you'll be working through me as I preach it, and that you will be with us um, this week as we apply it. Amen. What do you fear? Leah and I were talking about this last week. I asked her what uh, what she thought that I was afraid of, uh, and I was hoping that she would say something uh, fairly noble, like either letting her down uh, or fear itself, possibly. Um, but no, I think she said something more along the lines of being splashed with cold water. Um, I don't remember exactly what she said, but I remember feeling perhaps uh, a little bit too hurt by, by her comment, <laughs> and and I quickly, uh, we were in the, in the study, and so I quickly pointed towards my medals from the army, and I said, well, I've got four medals showing I'm brave. Where are yours? Um, that's got her, I thought. I thought I'd won the argument. I thought, well done. Why bring a knife to a gunfight? That sorted you out. Um, but then, no sooner had the words left my mouth that she replied, wait till you push out a child. Um, I think they, they call that checkmate, don't they? Um, and I was suitably humbled. The psalm we're looking at today presents us with an unstable world, a world where fear, fear of death, childbirth, and yes, even cold water plagues us and can seem to rule over our lives. Yet Psalm 46 also says that though the world is unstable, though we can have fear, this is not the final word. In this unstable world, the author places his trust in God, 
God is his refuge and strength. God is his fortress and a very present help in times of trouble. And in this psalm, the author explores three areas where this security is felt. For his people, for his city, and from his judgment. We're at point one. True security is found in God, who protects his people from fear. Verses one to three focus on the, the writer's experience of fear. Uh, now, nothing is specifically mentioned. We're not uh, told if they're fleeing an enemy, a particular uh, enemy, or experiencing drought or flood or any specific distress. Uh, but we are given an evocative picture of how they're feeling. And as they experience this fear, they feel the earth giving way. They feel the mountains being uh, thrown into the sea. This sturdy foundation that they've been resting on has just been cast away. They feel the waters rush and roar around them. They feel the earth quake and shake beneath them. Everything they held as solid is now being turned upside down and threats are coming at them from every side. Nothing can be relied upon for security. And I think herein lies um, the effectiveness of using poetry to make a point. We're not told these specifics um, of the fear, but we are left empathising with the author's experience. And so this psalm becomes incredibly relatable to us because we can all relate to this feeling of our world being turned upside down and the feeling of threats coming from every side. Yet it is from within this whirlwind that the author makes the startling and confident decision we will not fear. In the midst of the world turning upside down, how is it that the author can make this bold claim? The psalmist does not fear because he has such a real and such an intimate understanding of who God is such that the mountains can collapse such that the seas can roar, such that the earth can quake. And he still knows that God will protect him in the midst of it. Let's see verse 1. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. To him, God is his source of refuge and strength. And this connection is made even deeper by the use of God's personal name in the psalm. When you see Lord in capitals... Um, that's, that's, that's Yahweh. They know him by name. But God's also described as the God of Jacob. Um, in other words, the God who chose them as a people. The God who rejected Esau, but instead chose Jacob. Regardless of, of, of everything that, that Jacob was, regardless of his flaws, God chose Jacob in the same way that God chose Israel. God is the personal God who makes himself known to his people and helps them. He is theirs and they are his. And he helps them. And he's shown it time and time again. The same mighty right hand that divided the Red Sea was the same right hand that brought it crashing down on top of the Egyptians. The same God that went before them as the, the pillar of fire and smoke in the desert, divided the Jordan, drove out the Canaanites, collapsed the walls of Jericho, 
Yahweh is not like other gods. He is a source of refuge and of strength and is always present with his people. And he involves himself personally in the protection of his people. Yahweh is the divine warrior who fights for his people. He doesn't sit back and he's always active in protecting them. And when you have a God like this, what, what confidence do you have looking into the future, going into the future, knowing that, that he's, he's there? How precious must you be in his eyes, knowing that the God of the universe is personally acquainted with you? Why would you fear? What reason do you have to be anxious? You worship the God who personally intervenes to save you and is always present. So though the earth gives way, though the seas roar, though the mountains tremble, why fear when you have a God who fights for you? And living this side of the cross, how much more clearly do we see God as a source of refuge of strength and a present help? As a refuge, he was a place of security for the poor, the demon-possessed, the weak, for the leper who was abandoned and for the sinner who was ignored. As a strength, he triumphed over nature in calming the storm. He triumphed over disease and sickness when he cured the leper and he triumphed over death as he raised Lazarus. And as a present help, he knows this world of fear and darkness. He knows danger. He knows what it means to be marginalised. He knows loneliness. He knows mental and psychological distress. He knows poverty and hunger. He knows what it means to have a family that is ashamed of you. He knows what it means to have friends who abandon you in your deepest time of need. He knows pain. He knows humiliation. He knows exhaustion. He knows torture. He knows death. And he knows you. We have in Jesus one who was tempted like us in every way, someone who bore our infirmities and carried our diseases. We have in Jesus God with us, a great light in the darkness, comfort in a world of pain, resurrection and life in the midst of death. And someone who promises us that surely he is with us to the very end of the age. In Jesus we have the very present God and a very present help. And of course, at the cross, we see all of these virtues combine. When none could help, he alone was present before the wrath of God as he bore my sin on the cross. As a source of strength, he defeated sin and death as he rose from the dead and now reigns as my refuge in the coming judgment. So friends, though I, I, I do not know your fears, your present fears, um, or the extent uh, of your current and future suffering, we do know that there is someone who does. God, who is your source of refuge, strength, and a very present help. And remember this, that he knows your pain. He knows your fear, and he has died and rose again so that you can live with him. Where fear will no, be no more and death will not exist. We're at point two, God protects his city. 
This is an unstable, unpredictable and fragile world. Uh, and we've seen this in this psalm, haven't we? The earth giving way, the seas roaring, the mountains being thrown into the sea. The instability of the world continues in the next section where we see uh, humanity add to the chaos uh, as nations rage and kingdoms totter. It doesn't take much time reading the newspaper to recognise the instability of this world, our country or our city. Um, a few years ago, uh, I came across an article in the Sydney Morning Herald, this article. Um, apparently in 1993, the government set up a reference group to, to look into the future, to study the future. Uh, this reference group produced a report visualising what 2020 would be like. Uh, by 2020, it says, we will have arrived, it declares. According to this reference group, uh, we will have been a republic by 2001, and abolish the Australian states by 2010. Uh, on page eight of the report, uh, all of our children are now bilingual, it's fantastic, uh, and speaking the international language Esperanto. Uh, my place of study, the Australian Defence Force Academy, uh, has been renamed the Australian Peacekeeping and Conflict Resolution Academy. Uh, and Canberra, to the surprise of all, is the centre for conflict, conflict resolution. Uh, for the United Nations. On page 23, international security is no longer an issue because all of our now 230 nations making up the UN respect racial, religious and cultural differences. On page 15, no one smokes. Page 21, rugby league and rugby union have reunited. <laughs> I could go on. In 1993, the year 2020 was looked at as being a visionary year. So much was expected, yet here we are, 29 years later, and this world feels more unstable now than ever in my life. Uh, a war in Ukraine, two years of pandemics, share market crashes, uh, China challenging the West. In such a world, where is the hope for security? Where can we look to for stability? Psalm 46 gives us our answer. Verse 4, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. The author introduces us to the city of God. Instead of roaring waters untamed and uncontrolled, the streams of this city flow through her and refresh her inhabitants. Instead of the mountains giving way and being thrown into the sea, this city is unmoved. The city of God stands alone as immovable and solid in amongst the chaos of everything outside of it. And what's the reason? Verse 5 and 6, God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth melts. The kingdom of God is a city of delight. Think for a second of the most beautiful sight that you have ever seen. The kingdom of God is greater than that. And made so because of the presence of God. And really, what could be more delightful than to live with Him? 
For an Israelite singing this song, no doubt they did so gazing at, at the marvellous temple. It's inside coated with gold, it's outside made up of the most choice stone blocks available and, and built by the most gifted of builders and craftsmen. But it's also a city secure, solid and immovable. God's presence defends her. He is her fortress and her protector. And his protection extends beyond the city to the people who dwell in her. Verse 7, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. He does what no one else in history can or ever will be able to do. In World War II, Germany constructed Fortress Europe. France constructed the, the Maginot Line to defend her borders and her people. Uh, both couldn't defend their people from attack. This kingdom is different. The same God whose voice melts the earth is a fortress for his people. But as glorious as this city appeared to Israel and as much as they knew of God's character, Jesus presents the kingdom as more delightful and more secure than Israel could dream. When Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven, he likens it to a, a great banquet full of the best food and the best wine and flowing in abundance. Jesus says in Matthew 22, See, I've prepared my dinner, my oxen and fattened cattle have been slaughtered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. It's a place of close friendship and close relationship. Where is the, the place that you've had your most uh, fantastic meal, your most memorable meal? Um, a couple of years ago, Leah and I ate it at Rock Salt in Menai for our one-year anniversary. Um, uh, it had five stars on TripAdvisor and, and it definitely delivered a five-star meal. Uh, in one bite of the food, I just, I just threw down my fork and I said, I'm never going to eat this well again. Um, just so that you know, I, I cook in my house, so that wasn't a slight against, against Lee's cooking. Uh, I will never eat again that well again. But as great as heaven will be because of its food, its greatness and beauty will flow from the character of the king. Uh, a verse from a wonderful poem by Ian Coulter in 1857 sums this up, I think, beautifully. The bride eyes not her garment, but her dear bridegroom's face. I will not gaze at glory, but on my king of grace. Not at the crown he gives me, but on his hands and side. The lamb is all the glory in Emmanuel's land. As beautiful as heaven will be, the presence of Jesus and relationship with him is what will make this kingdom a city of delight. He who sacrificed himself for you and me will be forever there and we will be forever with him. He who sees me so clearly, he knows me so thoroughly, yet he loves me so dearly. He who sees my weakness and is not ashamed but counts me worth dying for, he is the person I will be spending eternity with. But who makes the city and her people secure? Romans 8. 
In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. We are kept secure in this city through the love of God, which knows no bounds. So when we face death, we do not need to fear. For when we meet him face to face, his love for us will be clear. Death will not separate us, neither will powers on earth or in heaven. The future will not harm us, for we rest in the love of God, who will forever protect us like a mighty fortress. We're at point three. True security is found in God, who delivers us from judgment. The psalm ends with God victorious over his enemies and sitting in a place of judgment over them. In the first section of the psalm, uh, we've seen sort of the generic expression of God's people uh, in trouble. Uh, Although described generically here, uh, in the second section of the psalm, uh, the trouble becomes more specific. We find that the nations are rebelling against God. The kingdoms are in uproar. The nations, the kingdoms fall. They threaten his city and his people. Uh, In our third section, verses 8 to 11, he acts. Such rebellion cannot go unpunished and so God moves to defeat his enemies and bring them before him in judgment. The victory is the Lord's and the Lord's alone. It is his voice which melts the earth, his works which bring desolation on the earth. He makes wars cease. He breaks the bow. He burns the chariots. He shatters the shield. To his people, he he says, be still and know that I am God. And there is no nation standing at the end, no spear unshattered, unbroken. What do we contribute to the victory? But to say the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Uh, Such a victory in this psalm is reminiscent of um, God's victory over Assyria in 2 Kings 19. Uh, When faced with the Assyrian army surrounding uh, Jerusalem, King Hezekiah prays to God for deliverance. Uh, The next day, uh, he looks out from the battlements and the Assyrian army is defeated by God single-handedly. A hundred thousand soldiers lie dead, strewn across the battlefield, and he watches uh, the king of Assyria, Sennacherib, flee back to Assyria. But this victory in the psalm also looks forward to another victory. Paul says, when speaking of Jesus' death and resurrection in 1 Corinthians, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. On that day, true security will be found in Jesus Christ, who will deliver us from judgment. Are you prepared for that day? Or are you trusting in another refuge, another strength? There is no other fortress that will be able to protect you 
but Jesus Christ. Well, how do we apply this psalm? There's about 50 to 60 people in this room. There's about 50 to 60 different areas of application for this. What does it look like to live knowing that God is your refuge and strength in this life and the next? What does it look like for you to know that you are secure in his city through his love? What does it look like to know that you are delivered from judgment? Olive Dodd was an elderly lady who attended my last church who passed away last year. Olive loved and trusted God and she lived reflecting that trust. In the weeks leading up to her death, such was her love for God that she never stopped trying to lead people to Christ. One such example was when a carer came into her room uh, once and Olive offered her a Bible saying, I have a gift for you. I know the author and I think you'll really like him. Olive was someone who loved Jesus. She loved him because over the years as she read her Bible, she got to know her creator and was filled with awe at his kindness, at his love and his goodness. She knew that she was saved and this knowledge sank deep into her heart. She knew him as a refuge and a strength. She knew she was secure in his love. She knew she was saved from judgment. And I love what she said to that carer. I have a gift for you. I know the author and I think you'll really like him. True security is found in God who protects his people from fear, both in this life and in the next. Through the work of Jesus Christ, true security is found in God who protects his people in his city of delight through his love that will never fall and whose people rest secure in his love. And true security is found in God who will ultimately deliver his people from judgment. Let's pray. Father God, we live in a world that is unstable, that brings with it its own fears. Um, Father, in the midst of all this, please help us to see you as a source of refuge, as a help, a very present help in times of trouble. Father, help us to look to you to deliver us from that fear. Help us to see your love for us, cross. Help us to see our security that, is, that can rest in you, knowing that we're part of the kingdom and that you defend us with your love and you keep us there forever. And Father, help us to see the security that we have in you delivering us from judgment. Amen.